Good morning and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show. Radio to open the heart, heal the soul, (laughs) and awaken the sleepy consciousness. I've been gone a couple of weeks. We had uh, snow and being sick and all kinds of things, and it's really great to be back today. I hope everybody has managed to dig out of the snow And it's hard to believe we're almost to March, almost time for um, spring. And there's this old saying that, you know, if the winter is icy, the the spring will be warm. So I hope that's the truth. Definitely looking forward to it. I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area. And uh, we've been in business 23, 24 years now. It's hard to believe Reiki Oasis is undergoing some changes this year, which will, you'll just have to, it's like a cliffhanger. You're just going to have to hang on to find out exactly what that is. But you can find out more about me, Loretta Brown, at ReikiOasis.com or at the LorettaBrownShow.com. And of course, you can find all of the shows archived at the KKNW 1150 AM archives for the original Loretta Brown Show. They're ready for download at any time, and you can just listen to one show after the other. I do have some Reiki classes coming up this coming Saturday, uh, the last Saturday of February. I have a Reiki 1 class in the morning, and then it's going to be a full day of Reiki because Reiki 1 starts at 9, and then I have a Reiki 2 class that starts at 1 in the afternoon and will go until 6. So if you wanted to come out from 9 to 6, On Saturday, you'll actually be able to go through both Reiki 1 and Reiki 2 training. And I don't very often offer this, but I've had quite a few requests from people. And also for those of you that have already been through Reiki 1 and Reiki 2 training, uh, you you can go through these classes again at at quite a huge discount. I really just sort of uh, charge you for the attunements again. Uh, But I do take students from all all masters, all lineages. I'm not particular that way. And so if you're interested in studying Reiki with me, uh, send me a little email at ReikiOasis at gmail.com. And of course, you can sign up for everything at at ReikiOasis.schedule.com. Let me say that again, ReikiOasis.schedule.com. And uh, yeah, You can find out everything there to include appointments. By the way, people have asked me this. If you go to the scheduler and the dates are not in dark, it means those days are already full. And so you just have to uh, go forward until you find a day that is in uh, dark, uh, you know, in dark font, I suppose you might say in bold, and click on that and it will let you know what hours are available for an appointment. And like I say, you can make those appointments right online, which is a lot easier than trying to get a hold of me and uh, scheduling with me, although I am there if you need the help. A big shout out to my supporters for this show. We are a listener-supported show. And um, if you want to be part of that, you can go to patreon.com slash the Loretta Brown Show. And as ever... I am so grateful for all of my supporters. That's what keeps us on the air and keeps these shows coming to you with wonderful guests. A little astrology check-in, and then I'm going to go straight to my guest because I want to give her a lot of time to talk. We did have Chiron move into Aries on Monday, February 18th. 
this is one of the most anticipated transits of the year. Uh, Chiron will be in Aries all the way until April of 2027. Chiron spends so much time in Aries because it has a lot of work to do here. Aries is about the self. This is where it hurts the most. These wounds are related to our identity, to our sense of the self, and they can take a long time to heal, or if you're ready for them to heal, they can heal immediately. Chiron in Aries is where you feel you don't have the right to be yourself. Aries is concerned exactly with the affirmation of the self, but Chiron, the wounded healer, will challenge this affirmation of the self with the purpose of finding a higher order. Chiron is where we feel wounded, ashamed, broken, and inadequate. Chiron will challenge Aries' expression of the self, expression of individuality. Chiron in Aries is about the greatest wounds of all, the wound of identity. And the wound of identity is when we feel we just don't have the right to exist or to be here or to be who we know ourselves to truly be. For many people, and I think for all of us, this is the most painful wound of all because it's the most difficult to grasp. If you have any of the following symptoms, you have an identity wound. If you've ever said, I'm nobody, and you have an overall feeling of emptiness, I'm not enough, I don't fit in, I don't exist, a tendency to copy other people, but at the same time, a lack of defining role models. If you have a desire to remain unnoticed or a fear of being seen, or you're trying to be what I call one of the invisible people, you have an identity wound. If it's difficult for you to connect with your body or your feelings, or on the contrary, a continuous need to prove your uniqueness by behaving oddly or trying to stand out in a very strange way, this is an identity wound. Maybe you have a tendency to hurt yourself physically or psychologically. Self-inflicted wounds, abuse of drugs, alcohol, and medication, overworking, feeling numb are all indications of this feeling of worthlessness or this wondering who you are. Could you ever be anything better or more wonderful? So Chiron in Aries for the next seven to eight years will ask you to address and heal once and for all the wound of identity. It means showing up as yourself, even if it can be painful. You're probably going to feel it, but no matter what, you really do need to show up and take that step forward to be you. This Chiron in Aries is also about action. So many of us are talking about wanting to change our life and be different. What is we're trying to tap into our self-identity, our self-awareness. And instead of leaving this around now, waiting for it to get dusty, now is the time to roll your sleeves up and take action. Get exercise. Eat better. 
look into what you do. Work with a therapist or a coach. Go to a class, a workshop, and finally recognize that you are a being of power and passion. And it is time to forget what they told you, what they said, and to step into who and all that you can be. The Chiron archetype comes from Greek mythology. Chiron was the son of Saturn and the nymph Philra. He was born half man and half horse, and as a, as a result, he represents the human and the divine together. But Chiron was rejected by his mother and abandoned by his parents. Chiron suffered his first wound of abandonment. Apollo, the god of music, prophecy, medicine, and healing, adopted Chiron and taught him everything he knew. And if Chiron would not have been abandoned, Apollo would not have raised him. So Chiron carries Apollo's legacy forward through the discoveries of botany and pharmacy, the science of herbs and medicine. Chiron was highly skilled, educated, and kind, but the irony was that even if he could heal everyone else, Chiron could not heal himself. How many of us find ourselves in that same situation where we give and give and give to others, and yet, when it comes to ourselves, we either don't know what to do or we simply won't allow help to come. So ultimately, Chiron gave up his immortality to help Prometheus, who was changed, chained to a rock. The gods agreed to release Chiron from suffering and let him die. And upon his death, Chiron was released from his woundedness that would never heal. And he was honored with the constellation of Centaurus, which is one of the largest constellations in the sky. So in this time right now, you have an opportunity to step into your own healing and perhaps identity in a way that you never have before. The universe is trying to say to you, release the fears that hold you back and bond you to these earthly illusions. Everything you've ever wanted and everything you have ever dreamed of is just on the other side of fear. This past year, I had a most amazing journey into my own healing of my own identity woundedness. And I not only decided to work with my guest today, Araya Anra, in her Way of the Dragonheart program, but I, I stepped fully into recognizing and accepting a part of myself, my dragon self. I have to say this past year has been life-giving, life-changing, and true self-awakening and strengthening. And not only did I have fun time with Araya in her Dragonheart program, but we got to go to Egypt together and do some amazing things. So it's really, really fun for me to have Araya back on my show. I had her on about a year ago. Araya Anra is a certified psychic, a medium, an angel channel, and an en energy healer by the American Federation of Certified Psychics and Mediums. She's a certified reflexology practitioner through the University College of Reflexology. She is also the author of The Dragon Within, 
and affectionately known as the Dragon Lady to many of her friends and clients. And she has a very unique relationship with the dragons that allows her to guide others who experience the dragons to understand them, connect with them, be healed by them, and even wake up to their own dragon self. Aurea, it is so great to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you, Loretta. It's wonderful to be back. I always love spending time with you. So thanks for having me again. Yeah, I feel like we're in our dragon lair. It's like, raw. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, could you tell people a little bit about yourself and how did you get into this marvelous work with the dragons? Well, I'll try and summarize that story because it can be a long one. Um, my whole life turned around way back in 1994 when I went to a Buddhist monastery in Thailand. I was traveling all over with a backpack. And I ended up spending 10 days at a silent uh, retreat to learn the art of meditation. And even though I didn't use it really until full nine years later, um, it was in the winter nine years later in 2003, uh, exactly, let's see, 16 years ago from now, that my inner guidance woke up and essentially pushed me into quitting my job. I was the Chamber of Commerce Director where I was living in Wyoming. So everybody in town knew me as this business person and connection and uh, the social director in town and all kinds of different roles. But um, I was pushed to quit. And in doing so, it gave me the time to spend an hour or two in meditation every day. And that really was the turning point because what it did for me is connect me to parts of myself that I couldn't get to any other way. I had to go in through those internal doorways. And in so doing, I connected with my primary guide, uh, the Archangel Metatron, and had a remembering, essentially. And as I remembered all of my healing gifts, they all came through, which is an energy work similar to Reiki, but it's through the dragons. Um, so it's very powerful. And as I continue to work with clients, I started experiencing dragons in their field, dragons in their spines, trying to pull out. And I couldn't really explain it other than, wow, this is a dragon. How do I share this with these people? <laughs> you know, it was sort of an out there concept, uh, even for me at that time. And yet that was the beginning of really coming home to myself, because as I kept working with people and seeing more of the connection and having that drawn out of me, it led to my own meditations um, of meeting my dragon self and being taken to her at the bottom of the ocean uh, off the coast of Peru and sitting with her eye closed and just feeling and communing with her energetically until eventually movement began behind the eye. And once she fully woke up, there was uh, an, a point at which when I was in Hawaii doing a workshop um, called The Womb of the World, a spontaneous awakening happened where I was able to go into the waters uh, of a sacred tidal pool and merge with her and actually come out of the water, be looking through her eyes, which were my eyes, and see the world in a radically different way. And that was um, the precursor that essentially the facilitator of that workshop, after we were all done, looked at me across the lunch table and said, you know, you have a book to write now. And I said, yes. And I didn't blink, I didn't flinch, I didn't go into fear about it. And literally six weeks later, I was on a plane to the UK, where the dragon injuries were still the strongest on the planet and available. And in that time, I spent literally cloistered in my own little rental cave, I would call it, um, it was a little 
B&B type place with a kitchenette. Uh, and I found out later it was the closest in proximity to the Dragon Energy line that runs through the tour in Glastonbury mm. um, of any residential place that I could have been in. It was literally about 400 meters, uh, so not even that, like 400 feet from the um, Dragon Ley Line. And so I was connecting to that energy and writing and bringing through to the dragons to work with. And that's how the, the book got compiled uh, and began everything. And that was in the fall of 2007. So since then, it's been a, a period of deepening my own work and then waiting for the world to actually be ready to embrace the dragon energies. And I would say in the last two years is when everything has sort of shifted, where people are starting to finally question or, or want to know deeper why they have a passion for all things dragon. Why have they always collected dragon artwork or just, you know, been really moved when they see an image that's a beautiful piece of art, um, whether it's on a wall or in a sculpture of a dragon that they've been called to get dragon tattoos. You know, dragons are, are something that touches a lot of people and they don't really understand why. I, so, I love your story. I, I, of course, I'm thinking back over the last year, like when I did my last interview with you, which was right. January of 2018, yeah. and I hadn't gone through your program with you yet, but <laughs> we both kind of thought maybe it was going to happen, right? <laughs> and um, yeah. I'm just thinking how many changes uh, have happened just over the last year with the Dragons. Um, not only internally with me, but I, I, I know with you too. And um, this time that we're in, which is calling forth a lot of things that are really, really ancient. Um, it, yeah. It is. There's been yeah. so much in the last year, and that's why I say it's been in the last two that really the world is ready to receive the energies, which is why everything's amped up. So as I got called forth really into full-time uh, being that dragon guide and, and starting to activate places around the world because that was shown to me that um, because of who I am as a dragon, there are locations around the world that energetically are part of the universal energy grids. You know, there are lots of people working on these and doing activations from the angelic realm perspective or different healing modalities. And um, the core of it, it's almost like this was all the precursor work. And finally, those the dragons being such an integral piece of the the creation and the holding of this universe as far as the sacred geometrics and the matrix that holds the underlying structure in the fifth dimensional and, and higher dimensional planes, that when it's now time for this big shift, it's like, of course, they're going to hold the final trump card, that all this other work has been leading up and preparing people to make this great leap. And so now their big major piece that underlies it all is ready to crack open and go from a crystalline core in the planet to a diamond core and really transfer us up into higher dimensional planes. And so it's been a beautiful expansion for me to not only see the Dragonheart program actually come together and have a group that can anchor in a large way that energy and activate it with me, but also to start seeing the activations around the planet. Because as you were aware, you know, a big piece of what we did in Egypt um, and South Africa in November, and a lot of people probably felt this or knew something was happening around November 7th and the weeks, the 10 days leading up to that. And they might look back on their life just listening to this and go, wow, I did have something very significant happen then in my own journey forward. And it's because that female black dragon that underlies the whole continent of Africa was raised back up. And that was such an integral piece. And so many more of those pieces are clicking into place now and me being called forth to 
go to Mount Kailash next September and take a group uh, on a sacred journey with the dragons through Tibet and awaken the larger dragons in the landscape and to be moved to go around places in the world to not only activate those spaces, but there are dragons in the land that people are starting to see and recognize and they're ready to wake up. And so for me to have the opportunity working with clients or people in my classes to educate them on not only their own relationship with the dragons, but what they can do in the land around them when they can sense and feel and remember their connection to the dragons and recognize them in the land around them and help them wake up. And that's that's been, I think, one of the most exciting shifts in the last year is starting to see not only the, the dragons all over the skies. I mean, I think mm-hmm. you're well aware mm-hmm. that in, in yeah. the last year since the event uh, that was March 19th, when that wave of energy came in from the rainbow realms and really started shifting things, how many more dragons we've been seeing in the sky. And that that's a very good indicator to me of, how much momentum and movement forward there is with the shift of awakening and that's super exciting yeah i'm i'm giggling because you know of course i'm i'm in the radio station i'm looking out the window and there's a dragon in the sky right now (laughs) (laughs) of course course (laughs) our our first activation point with the retreat in sedona Mm -hmm. um in september was the same thing you know i landed in phoenix and as soon as I got in my rental car and left the airport, this massive dragon met me just sitting right over the highway, driving north to Sedona. And he was with me all the way to Sedona. And then he said, all right, your escort's gone and, and disappeared. And I thought that was such an incredible gift to <laughs> arrive. They always signify something very uh, important for me to pay attention to when I see him in the sky. So hoping your listeners pay attention to that if they start looking at the skies and, and recognizing and seeing either dragons or there's been a lot of phoenix and swan energy also in the skies this year. Uh, they are connected. But pay attention. They're trying to make you aware of either something you're listening to on the radio that's key for you to pay attention to or uh, a billboard you're passing by or something you've been thinking about. Like Pay attention to that moment because there's a deeper message. Yeah. I, I also want to say this because... Um, I'm still giggling about the fact that when I first got in the Dragonheart program this past year, I I was like telling you, I don't think I've really been connected to dragons. And then I got to looking around my house and went, oh, my gosh, they're everywhere. (laughs) Can I I just tell the little story of you actually deciding to sign up? Sure. (laughs) You you were really a little timid and a little tremorous about it. And um, you said, let me think about it overnight. Let me get back to you tomorrow. And as you like hung up on the phone with me, <laughs> someone knocked on your door within that 24 hours and brought you a gift. And they said, I know you really love angels, but for some reason I had to get this for you. And it's a dragon door knocker. <laughs> so the dragons literally came knocking on your door. <laughs> <laughs> to give you a sign that yes, this is your direction, honey. <laughs> yeah, and and I just want to tell the listeners because I'm I'm kind of pushing pushing your programs a little bit here, um, like a lot, and um and my own programs. But um, every single time I would talk with Araya, you know, because she does. If you work with her, she's amazing, and she does uh, group sessions and well as private sessions, but. Almost immediately when we would get done, there would be some amazing <laughs> dragon stuff like, a, a, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> like a client of mine walking into the room wearing a 
dragon sweatshirt, right? Right as soon as yeah. I've hung up the phone with you, right? Or I get the mail, and there on top is is a uh, uh, an ad for Dell computers with a a picture of a dragon on it, right? You know. <laughs> So um, they're real. I'm just letting people know they're real and they're loving, they're benevolent. And um, I sometimes think that dragons have a bad rap. Now, we're going to take yeah. a really quick station break. And when we come back, I actually want you to address that question or that comment. I'm glad because that's, yeah. that's a really big thing in people's minds that I would love to address. Yeah. So uh, this is Loretta Brown. My guest today is Araya Onra. <laughs> and maybe I should say this is Tiara because that's Tiara. my dragon name. It's Tiara. This is my dragon name and I'm I'm owning it. And uh, we're going to take a little station break, uh, get a little glass of water, and we will be right back. Did you know that Reiki healing can be done at a distance? It's true. So let Reiki Oasis focus powerful energy to help relieve your stress, grief, sadness, anger, and so much more. Convenient, personalized treatments at a distance can increase lightness of being. During your appointment, find a quiet place to lie down or sit to receive healing energies. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Alternative Talk 1150 is your sports organization's safe bet when it comes to airing your team's games. Our players are all seasoned professionals when it comes to sports programming. Imagine your games being heard on local radio. Your team deserves the MVP treatment. Call 425-653-1150 today to learn how affordable and fun it is to broadcast your games on the radio. Call 425-653-1150 and make your next season something special. That's 425-653-1150. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show. You can find out more about me at KKNW 1150 AM, the original Loretta Brown Show, or ReikiOasis.com. My guest today is the amazing dragon lady herself, the dragon guide. I never quite know what to call you, but dragon guide is great. Dragon interpreter. Dragon, dragon. Uh, the it, dragon it, seer. Yeah, the dragon seer. I'll go along with that. It's Araya Anra. And just before the break, um, I brought up a subject that I think we need to talk about because I get asked about it all the time. Um, are dragons good or bad? Are they from the light? Are they from the dark? Should we be working with them? And can you please comment on that? You know what? I'd love to because one of the first and foremost misconceptions of the dragons is that they're scary, that they're man-eaters that you know, need to be hunted or killed uh, from the old legends of you know St. George killing the dragon, mm-hmm. and that they're connected to the reptilian races because there's a lot of fear about the reptilians and the and the history with them and how they genetically modified the um, DNA of humanity and really messed with our, our timeline and the scripting of, of what was intended to happen with this um, planet and humanity. And so with that question, first and foremost, the dragons are not actually reptilian. And if you look back, and even in, I loved when I saw this as fact, uh, in the Natural History Museum, um, they, they had passed the, there was a large dinosaur named Sue. She's a T-Rex that was found in South Dakota. And she was at a, um, she's an exhibit that travels around. And she was here in Reno in the Children's Discovery Museum. 
And one of the panels that they had on there talked about how the dinosaurs were actually more connected to the avian uh, lineage than the reptilians, that all of their bone structure and Mm. everything is more related to the birds. And it made sense to me. And it always felt that in my heart. And it was a confirmation because the dragons are the same way. And if you look at the dragon structure with the wings and their just their entire bone structure and the lightness of it and how they actually fly and have um, a bladder internally to create fire, there's all these aspects that really are not reptilian, but are more aligned with the avian um, lineage of evolution or creation, whichever way you want to look at how beings came into being. So they don't actually have that connection to the reptilian for one. And if you ever worked with them energetically, you'd know hands down that they couldn't be connected because they bring in the highest frequency of love. They work all in the 22nd dimension and above. They do come down and triangulate their energies down into lower frequencies for us to be able to actually handle and then work up from that. So they come into the third dimensional frequency to help us clear and dissolve things through our bodies, um, through our physical body, our mental body, our emotional body, and our etheric body. And as we work with that and can translate up and take more and more of the frequency they bring, what we experience, even at the lowest form of it, is one of the deepest levels of unconditional love that you will ever get to be touched by, unless you have a direct experience of Mother, Father, God, which to me is the only thing that is a greater, brighter love uh, that you can tap into than the dragons. So for me, the dragons are one of those all-embracing, hugely loving uh, energies that they just come in, whether they are breathing down your neck or wrapping around you, you can feel the love and support that is there to protect, guide, nurture, sustain, and help you dissolve all the things in your being that are your roadblocks, that are your old traumas, your old wounds, things that are false beliefs or misperceptions that you've layered on and allowed to become dense in your body that are keeping you from actually living in your light body and having your truest self present on the planet. And so the work that I do is to help people get in connection with the dragons. Many of that, you don't have to be a dragon or have a dragon heart or be, uh, you know, first and foremost incarnation as a dragon yourself, which is what I consider a dragon heart. But you can work with the dragons because they have a deep connection to all of humanity. They have a deep connection through each of us through the original creation of this planet and humanity as a race. So all of us have a connection and can work with them in our healing But many of those that are drawn to the dragons or drawn to work with them will eventually discover that they either have dragon guides and or the dragon guides are slowly taking them down a path to show them very gently and awaken them to the fact that they are a dragon themselves or have been part of the dragon realms. So it's it's an exciting path for me because I walked it myself and now I get to help people move down that journey and that, that revelation and that awakening to self that brings so much inner joy, and it really makes life magical. I literally, my life in the last year has become magic because I'm finally walking in my own mantle of self, and it's such an empowering place to live and be, and that's what I want for everybody. I want everyone to get to that place where they are walking in the true mantle of self, whether they are an angelic being, a dragon being, whatever, the tools are there, and that's my greatest joy is to help them get there. And, um, you know, of course, especially for those that are dragon hearts, because there's not really, as far as I know, any other beings out there that are helping you really get to that core with the dragons. And that's, you know, the work that I brought through uh, back in 2007, 
11 years ago now. I'm going to actually be putting it out um, where hard copies are available very soon. Probably it's going to take about two months to get the process complete, but then it's going to be available on Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble or Kindle or all different formats rather than just through the dragonwithin.com, which is where it's been as an ebook um, and digital CD download for the last 11 years. So that's a pretty exciting development. And that's only happening because the dragons are ready to go big. You can feel the energy. And I love that you explained about Chiron because that's such a huge, I really was mesmerized listening to you describe that because it really connected a lot of things for me at the timing of all of this. Yeah. Um, I was thinking also while you were talking about how uh, the dragons, they really do help us heal that primary woundedness of self. And um, that's why when I was putting this together and that all that, oh, I got goosebumps, all that Chiron yeah. stuff was coming through. I went, oh, my gosh, you know, we couldn't time this show. We can't make this stuff up. You know, listeners. I mean, we can't make this. We're, we're good, Bleeby. Right. Rayan and, and, and Tiara are good. But, <laughs> you know, the dragons are like, hey, look at Chiron. Look where Chiron is. And look at the energies that are here to help us really heal this. And I want to say a couple of things. You know, I I work with guides and angels and I've done it forever, you know. And um, I did realize after... Um, you know, let me just say this. I admitted <laughs> that uh, quite a few of my guides were dragon and realized that I'd had an experience years ago when I went to India where uh, in the city of Varanasi that the um, I was working with uh, Babaji and he was asking me who my God was. And I said, well, you know, I was raised Christian. He said, well, let's call and see who comes. And this giant dragon was trying to come and I was resisting it, right? <laughs> and and uh, listeners, don't get me wrong, you know, it, it, God is, is a, a big subject. But um, yeah, you know, um, the dragons are here and they're loving, benevolent. And I love this thing that, yes, they're, they're more like birds. They're more like birds. Uh, I got a question for you just for clarity for the listeners. What is yeah. the difference between a dragon heart... Uh, a dragon keeper, a dragon master. What is your, uh, give us a little more information there. Okay. So for me, um, in our first incarnation, so a soul, when it comes incarnate, it can be in any realm because it's a massive universe, right? So the original realm, one of the first, if not the first realms of creation in my uh, memory and experience was the dragon realms that God created. And so any souls that were present in that, that were incarnate first and foremost, first and foremost as a dragon, would find themselves considered now having experience in humanity because they've come down in service to bring light and um, healing to this planet and help those that are first and foremost human actually move up the scale and frequency and evolve forward in love, that I would consider that a dragon heart. Mm -hmm. that they are eventually going to connect to that part of themselves that is fully dragon and bring that uh, crystalline core dragon heart down into and merge it with their human heart and walk and live with that in total transparency, beaming out that massive love, which helps bring shift. A dragon keeper, on the other hand, would be someone who is choosing, uh, who has been dragon, but is choosing to walk side by side with their dragon rather than walk as their dragon. Um, so they would have their dragon come in and be their support guide or, or be walking side by side with them rather than merging with them at this point. 
a dragon master, I would consider anyone who dives into the work with the dragons and works with them to a level where they can call them in at will, where they will come to where the dragons will come to their call, especially those of Middle Earth that will only come to dragon masters um, because the dragons test. Uh, one of the things in working with them is you will find yourself tested in your integrity and truth levels. And if you're not able to live in truth with yourself, then you will be asked to do a little bit more work um, in order for the higher level dragons to actually come and be accessed because they are so connected to the magical realms. They carry so much magic um, that can be misused that there's really high guards and protections around um, who they come in and work with. And so there's this really deep level of, of integrity test. So a dragon master is one that continues to work with it and is actually connected to the dragons in a way that they will come when they call to be in service and you know, help shift energy, uh, whether it's clearing of land, uh, clearing of groups of people, individual healing, you know, whatever level they want to call the dragons in for that. That's great. Thank you for that clarification, because I know a lot of people are listening. And I also want to say this because I can feel it in my dragon heart is if you're listening to this program and you're and you're starting to feel um, like your heart's palpitating, palpitating a little bit like you're like you're really getting engaged in this by the way thank you for listening but number two that there's an indication that um this is speaking to you the dragons are talking to you and um don't be afraid of that you know just sort of breathe into that a little bit and i recommend you contact Araya and 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 go deeper into that because she does do readings around that and uh, Araya, does everybody have dragon guides well, those that um, are dragon hearts or dragon keepers mm-hmm. would naturally have a dragon guide working with them to get them moved back into acceptance of that. Um, others that are maybe first and foremost human or first and foremost from the stars, a lot of people know or accept their star beings that they've emanated from one of the star systems. Uh, a lot of people identify with Orion or Sirius in particular um, that I've encountered. But they... Um, they don't have to have a dragon guide if they are first and foremost one of those other realm beings, but they might have that called in. You know, if they've mm-hmm. contracted, mm-hmm. excuse me, on a soul level and want to be working with the dragons, then a dragon guide will show up. But if there's a dragon guide present, there's most likely a deeper connection for you. So if you are having a healing, maybe, maybe you're getting massage work or you're doing a Reiki session or you're getting a crystal healing from someone and they are picking up dragon energy in your field or saying, wow, there's a golden dragon here working with us, or maybe a red dragon. The dragons come in so many different colors and uh, forms. But if they're picking that up and sharing that with you, pay attention to it, because you might very well have a dragon showing up for a reason, trying to indicate some information for you that's going to open up more. So once you can start actually communicating with or calling in the dragons more consciously, that's going to lead to a faster healing because the dragons, and you know this, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. they don't shortcut as far as cutting things out, but yeah. they are probably the most efficient healers that um, I've encountered. And, you know, in 15, 20 years of healing work and expansion into my own spiritual journey, I came across a lot of different schools of thought, a lot of different um, practices and modems and modalities. And I will say, in working with the dragons, things move the fastest. I see the most rapid transformation in people because they don't mess around. They don't dilly-dally. They're here for a purpose. They're here to to blast it, and they do blast it. They bring very, very powerful energies that move things out, burn things up, dissolve Mm -hmm. things, 
and get you shifted forward so that you're actually have these incredibly powerful what feels like a download or an opening to frequencies that are so incredibly high that you almost feel like you're floating. And once you get used to that and integrate a level of that, you know that you've shifted out of an old place of being, and then you start snowballing forward. And I think that's what you experienced last year in the Dragonheart program mm-hmm. was getting on that snowball of, whoa, things are going really quick here, and wow, seeing the shifts happen and change dramatically. Yeah, I... I um. I'm just going to like put my two cents in there. I'm not sure that I need to, but you know, my dragon self wants to talk and um, (laughs) you know, I, I've done healing work for years and years and years and um, realized that I had, I had been bringing dragons in, like I say, I finally admitted it. And, um, but what I've discovered this year through the work with Araya and then also because my, my dragon self is, is doing, you know, like when I work on people, the dragons come in and they are very efficient. They're very loving, but they are very efficient is what I'm going to say. And they just, I call them, um, you know, sometimes it's like they're doing some sort of surgery of some kind that's like psychic surgery. Yes, it's (laughs) indefinable. But literally, when they take something or they heal something, it's literally gone. And I think we've all had these experiences where we go, well, I guess that was gone. But now it seems like it's back again. Right. And this is true shift in consciousness. I like what you said about frequencies. Um, uh, last night I went to a, a channeled session with Paul Selleck, right? And he'll be on my radio show in a couple of weeks. But um, this idea that we're raising frequency, I think, is super important, especially for me as a sound healer, sound practitioner. Um, we are stepping up into the upper room, if I could say such a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And the dragons yeah, I- are, are definitely part of this higher consciousness, this uh, higher frequency, um, and I, I do want you to comment, but I'm just erping things out. Um, you know, the the idea for healing, and, and healing is a word that we use carefully, especially on the air, you know, legally I can't heal anybody. You guys are doing your own thing. Right. But if, if we're going to raise our consciousness, if we're going to get to ourselves to a place where we don't keep repeating those old patterns of woundedness, and we go into this new place where we we show up and we're like wow I actually feel happy I feel good I feel energetic that's the type of shift that we're talking about yeah well and that's really the ability to live in that higher frequency mm-hmm. to hold because it you're dropping the densities out of your field and you're able to walk in a much higher frequency where you are connected to your higher self all the time and it's really just like stepping through a different level of the veil and dropping the veil so that that part of yourself can come in and be here and be present and not have to separate because there's any densities that have to be entertained, let's say. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, with the, the frequency levels that the dragons are bringing, and I love that you brought in sound healing because I have noticed in my own work, years ago I started and there was a level of sound healing that remembered and came through me on that winter in Wyoming when it all came back and I was 36 and it was very significant uh, end of a nine year cycle for me. And my sound healing came back in again in the last year. And it's almost that as if every single class I teach meditation, I do or, or one-on-one session I do, there's always some part of it that involves high tones coming through 
that somehow even my vocal cords have shifted mm. to bring through almost like chords. And I know you've experienced this because you're a sound healer with your voice as well. And having um, almost as if there's chords or multiple layered harmonics coming through my vocal cords at the same time. And you can just feel what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You can feel the frequency that's in the body. And it's something that is just coming through that dimension. What I consider the fourth dimension, that sound plane of frequency that is pure frequency energetic that comes through as tone and wavelengths of sound that translates from the fifth dimension and bridges into matter. And that that's the bridge back out. If we're trying to get out of 3D, and this concept is talked about a lot of, well, we're shifting into the fifth dimension mm-hmm. or the fifth dimension is available. And actually, because the Pleiadians started finally coming in and working with us, which for me, the Pleiades is our galactic heart, that we actually have up to the ninth dimensional frequencies available to move into, with the fifth dimensional being the lowest level of like, yeah, we're ready for that. Mm -hmm. But you actually can access a whole bunch more if you're ready to keep going. And that's where just the very subtle frequency differences just keep coming in into higher layers. And even in that concept of sound, looking at it like octaves. Yeah, so if we're working yeah. in the third dimension, we're in a lower octave or scale on the on the scale of notes. We're in one of the lower octaves. And as we drop things out of our, our being and out of our uh, dense self, all of our woundings and our traumas and our beliefs, as those drop out and we can move up a few notes, and now we're getting into a higher octave scale. And if you look at the whole piano above you and you see, oh, I've got three or four more scales I can go up, mm-hmm. let's keep going a few keys at a time until we eventually are resonating in those highest notes, and that's the high frequency that we're moving into. Yeah, That's a really good analogy or way for people to have a visual of what we're talking about or get an idea in their head so they can translate into, like, oh, a piano, I can see that, I can get that. Yeah, exactly, and and I'm I'm giggling because I'm like, we just need a major tune-up. <laughs> <laughs> tune tune it all up. Every single string, every particle of ourself needs a tune-up to that higher frequency, that higher octave. Yeah, the piano is a great uh, uh, visual for that. I love it. Um, uh, I knew it would hit home with you, I'd, and it's you know I talk sometimes, and it's not me really talking. The dragons are coming through and sharing, and. They're giggling in the background ground right now saying, well, we knew we should love a piano. She's the pianist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm laughing because, um, okay, I'm listening because that piano thing has been coming through like regularly. And even last night in the channeled session, um, it came out. <laughs> The octave thing, the higher frequencies and the piano. So you're definitely tapped in and tuned up and tuned in and all that kind of good stuff. And the dragons are having a great time with us. Um, I think yeah, they, I think they like us. Yeah, <laughs> we should mention that real quickly. Is how playful the dragons are. Yeah, you know, they can be intimidating. They can be powerful, and sometimes you'll have experiences with them in a meditation where you're sort of taken aback or like, whoa, you're you're really big and powerful because they are giant. They're massive, mm-hmm. but they're also so playful. And some of the dragon guides I meet, they just they chuckle and giggle. And I had one guide wanting to take their clients. Their homework was to find their giggle zone every day. And, you know, another one will introduce themselves as as Fred or Charlie or Frank because it's easier to say than their long dragon name mantra of sound or their energetic signature. And so they have a sense of humor. They're like, oh, yeah, call me Joe. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Joe Joe the dragon. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. they're, They're very fun. 
They are fun. They're they are fun. They're really great. They're great. Um, now, uh, what? And this can be a, a long answer or a short answer, you know, because there's different colors of dragons. What do the colors of the dragons mean? Do they mean anything? Are they associated with frequency? Because I'm always thinking of color and sound on a on the same scale yeah. of frequency. Yeah, well, they are, and the um, yeah. the ones that we encounter most often in the in the Earth plane, because they're so associated with this realm, are the elementals, and the black and the white and the crystal dragons. So you might experience any of the fire dragons are in those red hues, red, orange, vermilion. Uh, orangey to yellow, you can find red dragons with gold edging on their wings. Um, the air dragons tend to be in the yellow, yellow orange because they're associated with amber and, um, excuse me, citrine. So those uh, of the yellow hues, the greenish, aquamarine, teal, those very turquoisey colors uh, are typically the water dragons. Um, the earth dragons tend to be very dark brown to black, all the way to moss green, avocado green, merges of those, mm-hmm. uh, and then including sort of like an ochre, mustard, golden yellow uh, for some of those that are the cave dwellers. So there's all random frequencies in that, and they can be merged. They can crossbreed. Uh, so you might have lineages of dragons that have come through that are maybe earth and air dragons merged. And so they would have a merging of those colors or markings, um, just like any ancestral lineage that they change and, and merge over time. I had a very interesting experience recently. Um, that, well, in higher up, the, the, as you get into the higher octave dragons, they tend to be metallics, silvers, coppers, golds, uh, titanium, platinum, mercury, um, moving into plutonium, a lot of the dragons from the Pleiades are much higher, even frequency in the metalloids. And uh, I actually experienced recently, it was very cool because I had not met one before. I met a blue flame dragon mm. and a white flame dragon. And that was a new experience for me to remember or recognize these beings because they literally were made as, you know, when you look at a pilot light and you see that blue flame. Yeah, yeah. If you imagine a dragon made his entire essence or being is that form and shape and color. Um, it was incredible. So beautiful. And the frequency of, it was a dimension that I had, you know, hadn't been present around before. And so it was a really beautiful experience to see um, and get to meet. So there's all kinds of rainbow realm dragons. So there are those that actually have the pink to purple or white breasted or the opalescent um, shimmery, you know, like the inside of an abalone shell, um, or carry all the rainbow colors within them um, and the higher octave rainbow colors that are coming through the Pleiades with the bright tangerine, um, chartreuse green, lemon yellow, um, magenta, fuchsia. As, you know, as, as we move up, the colors of the, the rainbow are actually shifting and changing mm. when you can perceive those higher octaves. So there's, yeah, there's so many different varieties and frequencies that they carry and they all do carry a different gift you know mm, the, the yeah. uh, middle earth dragons the ruby the emerald the sapphire i've met an amethyst dragon um and they do carry a frequency where you'll feel it connected especially if you're into crystal healing or rocks um gemstones when you connect with those dragons that are connected to those gemstones you'll feel that frequency and almost feel like they're somehow 
made of amethyst and yet they move like liquid. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very interesting phenomenon to encounter those frequencies. Yeah, I have a dragon I work with that's way down in the earth and she deals with the crystal fields down there. She's huge. And it's funny, I can feel her when she comes or she's like, like I'm doing work and it's like, oh, that crystal or oh, that frequency or oh, that essence, right? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting how, how it works. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> so um, how how can people get a hold of you, my darling d- well, dragon friend? <laughs> I, I have two websites. Of course, the dragon site is the dragon within or dragonwithin.com. And that's where the book is available. Um, there's a link to my email through there and all the different programs going on right now, whether it's I have a book club starting this week. Um, I'm in the middle of my four-month Eye of the Dragon program. I'll be starting another one probably in the fall. And that's the precursor or first half of the way of the Dragon Heart. I've got a Sacred Tibet with Dragon Strip going on. Um, so through that site, they can get a hold of me through the InvokeHealing.com site. And that is um, also got a book now button that would take you to my calendar, whether you want to try a free discovery call, a 20-minute call to talk about um, what you're looking for as far as healing, see if we're a good fit together, work together, Um, 20-minute dragon readings, 75-minute sessions, um, or a full 12-week program that I do is available through the calendar. And um, if you're looking at that, just be aware that quite often I am booked three weeks out and the calendar only books three weeks out. so just keep checking back if you're not seeing a, a slot open up. Um, and then, of course, if you're on Facebook, this is one of the most fun ways to connect because I have a Facebook group that's very active. It's called For the Love of Dragons, and love is in capitals, L-O-V-E. Apparently, there is another For the Love of Dragons group out there um, that's all <laughs> like lowercase. And I was shocked that Facebook actually, like, I don't know how it happened to have them both be able to be created, but... Mine is with uh, love, L-O-V-E in capitals, for the love of dragons, very active Facebook group, and I do weekly lives there. So you can message me through there. You can friend me through Facebook that way. But you can also come into the group, um, whether you want to join it or not, and listen to the weekly lives I do every Thursday um, at 2 o'clock Pacific Standard Time is when I usually go on. The dragons sometimes, you know, they don't like to be pinned down, so sometimes it's a little (laughs) bit before that or a little bit after. Oh, that's what it is. Oh, tomorrow. Yeah, they, you know, they love structure and form, but they also like fluidity and freedom. They do not mm. like to be pinned down. They've been mm-hmm. shackled for too many times in history, and so they will not be shackled. But um, that's a great place to come because every week I go on and talk about different questions that people have, um, different topics with the dragons. Sometimes I do live mini readings. Those are super fun and usually get a big draw crowd on those, day, those days. Um, so there's lots of ways to reach me, and either of those sites, my email is Araya at dragonwithin.com or Araya at invokehealing.com. And uh, please reach out because I would love to connect you to your dragons. That sounds fantastic. So um, this is Loretta Brown, and you can find me at ReikiOasis.com. And, of course, I'm also Tiara. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I like my name. It'll come out more and more. Just keep watching for it. My guest today is the amazing, amazing dragon interpreter dragon lady dragon she is all things wonderful araya onra and uh, don't miss out you'll want to get her book the dragon within and i'm looking forward to that being readily available on amazon i just love the dragon so much i love you honey and uh, to everybody oh, listening so yeah thanks so much and um, we'll talk to you next time bye now <laughs>